Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Bottom of the fifth in Toronto. Padres leading the Blue Jays 2-0. The scoreboard presented by Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years. On this station tomorrow, we will not have inside sports. We will have a live football game. Elks at Blue Bombers, 5 o'clock for the countdown to kick off with Brendan Escott and Blake Dermott. Dave Campbell and Morley Scott will describe the game starting at 6.30. And Dave Campbell checks in from Winnipeg now. The land where the mosquitoes are the size of birds. It's true. That's their tourist slogan. Well, yes, and it's successful. Well, because accurate. it's true, it's, yes, it's and true. people want to see it. Yes, that that, that is. I, I know sometimes, and, and to some extent, I I hate the stereotypes about cities, and I don't like some of the city bashing that goes on. I mean, a lot of people, like as you and I know, the amount of people who have moved here. Because we live in an industry that has a lot of people moving from other uh, cities, and and we're in a we're in a city itself where people come from other places. I mean, the amount of times you and I have heard over the years, oh, I didn't realize Edmonton was such a good place to live because we just made fun of it back in Toronto or Vancouver or wherever. But some sometimes things are true. I mean, yes, it can get deathly cold in Edmonton, and yes, yes. that I was in I was in Winnipeg for a wedding. Well, probably almost 20 years ago, and I, I drove out there with a couple of friends. So we get to the hotel. It's supper time. Okay, well, we saw a Boston Pizza or something. Let's walk. It was about four blocks. I have never been so, like, <laughs> covered by mosquitoes in my life as, yep. as I was on that walk in Winnipeg. It can be bad. It can be bad here, you know. And they also have the great underground headway system here in Winnipeg. I know we have it in Edmonton, but uh, I think Winnipeg uh, – has done it really, really well, and uh, you can get anywhere you want, uh, especially in winter time because it's really, really cold. But yes, when the when the mosquitoes are hovering around you and they look like a uh, a prehistoric pterodactyl, um, that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> that's that's great. That's, that's no pterodactyl. That's a mosquito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so okay, so Winnipeg has now, but Montreal has the they actually call it the underground city, don't they in Montreal? The underground city, yes, yeah, I believe they, you're right. Because yeah. there's so much stuff under in, in the pedways under the under the underground in uh, Montreal, which of course is, is a great uh, for for my money. That if but I why, what? Why would you spend all the time in the underground in Montreal? Well, you when there's so much to do above well, ground. Well, you wouldn't, I guess, just if you had to walk or avoid traffic, or it could get cold there too. But for my money, if I if like if I had to visit a Canadian city, it Montreal. I mean, oh, I get it. Like definitely. Vancouver and Toronto get a lot of the hype, but for me, Montreal. It's it's. And I would put uh, Ottawa on that list oh, too. You put it that, you've got to well, go visit Ottawa. Nightlife, though. Oh, I know you're not as into that. 
Oh, but no. food okay. and nightlife, it's Montreal and all the other stuff. History, I guess, is yeah. Ottawa. Yes. Okay, for you, Montreal, you can go to Ottawa later. <laughs> well, just saying, there's a, there's a lot to do in Montreal, and you don't have to look very hard to find it. Whatever, no, whatever no. you like. I'm not saying it has to be, you know, party-type stuff, but there, there's a lot to do in Montreal. Anyway, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah, you're in Winnipeg. Uh, what, now, is that – here's another – I have another qu- – I have many questions yeah. for you, Dave. Try to try, stay with me here. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, you should be. Um, the stadium – what do they call it there? What's it called now? Is it still Canada – what do they call it? IG Field. IG Field. I was calling it Canadian Stadium. That's the old one. That's the old one. Uh, so IG Field. Now, so we went through this kind of mini era of stadium building in the CFL with renovations or new stadiums. Is that – we'll leave Commonwealth out of the mix because you have home bias for that one, and it's held up yes. very well over the years. Is is IG Field, is that the one? Like, is that the one where you're like, they, they nailed it in terms of building a CFL stadium? Yes, absolutely. Yes, it's uh, very well constructed for a football fan experience. 80% of the seats are covered. So so that's excellent. So if it does rain like it did in 2018, although everyone had to leave because of the, of the lightning, but let's just say it was raining, 80% of the crowd is covered. So, so that's very comfortable experience. Um, I love the uh, press box. They could make our little opening a little bit bigger, but they won't. But as far as vantage point, it's probably the best in the league. I think BC Place is a very, very close second as far as road cities are concerned. Um, it's it's my favorite stadium to come to. Um, when the this organization was winning a lot, um, it was almost guaranteed win night in Winnipeg for, for the double E. And of course they won the, the 2015 Grey Cup here. So that's always a, a good memory here. So yeah, IG field is uh, number one for uh, road stadiums uh, uh, for, for myself. I, I love coming here. I can't wait to go. Is that where they did the, they do the beer snake? Uh, that was at Canada's. That was at the old barn. Oh, don't they still um, do that? I don't know if they still do that. I, I think, well, you're always I, calling I, the game. They, usually on TV, yeah. they show it. Yes. Uh, well, what did they? I'm a professional. There's a, there's read. a, vi- there's a video from. Uh, well, I don't know. That might be an old one because it's from 2020, but there weren't games in 2020. But, okay, you're going right. to love this. I just looked this up. Beer Snake has a Wikipedia page. A beer snake or cup snake is the stacking of numerous plastic beer cups to form a (laughs) snake, in quotation marks. Uh, Can I let you play the who's who hinterland theme behind this, by the way? That's right. We need the hinterland who's who. Anyway, uh, they got got a good fan base. Obviously, their attendance is good because they've only lost, I think, three home games in the last three years. So they they really get to see a loss. They're a good team. The Elks are not a good team. They are 0-6. Tell me about the, the two really significant injuries that are the focus this week. Yeah, just the, the hits just keep on coming, folks. Um, yeah, it's really tough to see Jamin Pelly leave the field on, uh, I guess, what would it be Monday? That was day two with a calf injury. Apparently, he uh, blew his calf. So it sounds like he'll be back in six weeks, roughly. So... Uh, we will see him again most likely this season, but uh, the timing of this obviously is not very good. 
Uh, I think he's been one of their better defenders and their best defender and best player. I agree with you, Reed, has been Niles Morgan, who's a excellent run stopper and someone who's all over the field. He's intense and obviously uh, did not have the best end to the game because of all the penalty yards he took last week, but uh, left practice with a chest injury. It's, uh, apparently he's got a very, very small fracture kind of in the middle of his ribs. So that's because it's going to take some time to heal. They don't know if it'll be the full six games or not. Uh, so that's not good. And they had to put Aaron Grimes back on the six game injured list because he had a setback with the knee injury. So that's now 12 players on the six game injured list for the elk. So the injury situation is not looking very good right now. All right. Why are they, why have they listed nine defensive linemen on the depth chart? That seems like a lot, but maybe I'm missing something here. That That is a lot. Um, I think they have a lot of athletes on this D-line as well, like uh, Jacob Plamundon and, and Cole Nelson out of the U of A, who can uh, play both ways. Um, they're going to play Eli Menser for the first time uh, this season. He suffered an injury in training camp. Uh, Chris Jones very excited about Elliot Brown, who's going to start across AC Leonard at one, one of the edge spots. So, I, I think it's um, I think it might be to take advantage of perhaps a tired offensive line of the of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're coming off of a short week. Of course, they suffered that pretty dramatic and. Uh, did did Doug Brown use the words catastrophic the I other think, night, or is that did. just my word? He was uh, he, he, he was pretty upset about it. Yeah. Well, he should be, because um, that, that, that was a tough one. But, you know, th- this is an older team coming off a short week. They played last Saturday. Um, I've talked uh, before that I, I, I like Winnipeg, but I do fall into that same uh, concern that a lot of people have, that they're getting older. I mean, Zach Caleros, out of starting quarterbacks, is the third most sacked quarterback in the league. So I think it's maybe just try and have a rotation and on the D-line and just uh, nine's a lot. I don't know if all nine will play in the rotation, but uh, I would suspect it's probably just to see if uh, if if the Bombers can handle uh, the, uh, the the rotation and the number of uh, different fronts and alignments that they're going to see. All right. Well, that's one story to watch for. See if they can get after Claros a little bit and, and stop the run, which has been an Elks weakness oh, yeah. th- throughout the season. Dave Cabell joining us from Winnipeg. Well, I, I guess we got to circle this to this topic as well uh, because I've given my take on it. There has been, and you hosted last week, so it is, it is the number one thing we get from fans, and it's, and it's the quarterback position, and, and we know what it's like. There are other yeah. things, but, I mean, to me, that is – like to me, that is the position in all of pro sports. I mean, you got there. There are there are a bunch of positions in sports where an individual can dictate the 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 fate of his team more than other positions. In hockey, it's goaltender. Um, certainly, uh, it, in baseball, it'd be a, a starting pitcher, and then in in football, it's it's quarterback. And, and, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that with even average quarterback play, the Elks might actually have a win or two this season. Were you surprised as, as you go, you went back to cover practice, I guess, on Sunday. Oh, were you surprised? Once again, it, it's Cornelius. How do you, how do you see this? And, and, we, and we played the Trey Ford comments earlier in the week mm-hmm. that Jones was pretty blunt. He actually said he hasn't played well enough in practice at camp. He's good, but he's not there. Um, uh, I've been pushing for Daigie. 
So how do you look at all this commitment to Cornelius? So I wasn't very kind to Taylor uh, after the loss against the uh, Tiger Cats on Thursday of last week. And then the night, a night later, I did a whole hour uh, filling in for you on Inside Sports on the Elks. And I, I said this, you like Taylor Cornelius a lot, and I like him a lot. I think he's a very, very good young man uh, who has a good story and has all the tools. You know, he's very skilled. He can throw, he can run. He's got that ability that you just salivate over. He doesn't process the game well enough at this level, at the pro level, and that's what concerns me. And would I have started him tomorrow? You know, I think I probably backed off a little bit of my comments, but I'm still very concerned about starting him. Um, He's 4-21. and He's got a 160 win percentage. So that's 16%, folks. That's not very good. But also the Elks have kind of hitched their wagon to him. They signed him to a two-year deal late in 22. And I understand why they did it, because they were concerned that they would lose him to the XFL, and they would have. And then what do they do with their depth? It's hard to find quarterbacks right now. So they had one that they really like. And last year, I thought he was improving. I mean, I looked up looked up last year, Reed, and I know I'm tangenting a bit here, but he had a five-game stretch where he had seven touchdowns, two interceptions, and he averaged about 230, 250 yards passing per game, was dangerous on the ground. And that's the point where I said, there's something here, but something happened. And I don't know if it's still the effects of the hit he took from Hinoch Mwamba at the uh, end of last season that uh, caused a ruptured spleen and almost was a really, really terrible uh, health concern for him. And that could have been a lot worse, but he hasn't been the same. Now, the last two starts, he's been better. Um, I like the RPO game. I like the fact they get him out of the pocket. I like the fact that it does put defenses in a bind. And you can tell they're nervous when he when he starts to roll out. Um, the problem is, is when you look at the game last week, you know, there are three moments to me that really defined his performance. And one was he missed the out on the first drive to French in the end zone. They score on that play. Who knows? The uh, interception to uh, Dunbar, or with Dunbar being the target uh, near the red zone or in the red zone was another bad error. And then, of course, the pick six with him throwing with his left hand in desperation. That's a player trying to do too much in, in a key moment of the game. And that's the part that 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 really concerns me. And Brian Kelly said it yesterday. I, mean, I was listening back to comments from Brian Kelly yesterday, and he said, you know, a quarterback can make that one play that can really turn the tide of a game, and he can also make that one play that could change the complexion of the game for the worse. So for me, Taylor just has to play more within himself He has to play within the game plan. He has to trust his reads, and he has to make better decisions. And I agree with you. I think Daigie, even though it was so-called garbage time, he executed, and he performed, and he's looked good in that scenario. He's had one start, and that didn't go well, but... And then Trey Ford, I don't know. I mean, to me, Reed, there's a rift. There's a rift. I mean... People say, well, how is he not playing when Taylor Cornelius is not performing like Chris Jones is talking about to Trey Ford? Because there's a rift. There's a rift there. Okay? That's that's just what it is. So, you know, they, they invested in Taylor Cornelius. It doesn't help 
either that they gave him guaranteed money in year two. 50% of his contract is guaranteed. I think it's $100,000. So that doesn't help. It almost guarantees Taylor Cornelius is going to be on the roster next year. So I think they're just trying to see if he can finally come into his own and just just eliminate those. It's not the whole game. I mean, overall, he's doing all right. I mean, he's moving the ball. He's dangerous. But it's those one or two, three plays that you just go – Oh my gosh, that really turned the the the, the tide for the worse. And you got he's got to get those out of his gate. Uh, yes. <laughs> I convinced you of nothing, but that's just that's just how I see it right now. And you know they, he's the most experienced quarterback on their roster, and they're just trying desperately to see if he can improve, and they need him to improve, but. If he doesn't soon, I, I don't know how you go back to him. And I said it after the game against Hamilton. I don't know how you go back to this person, uh, to this individual, considering what he did. And again, it's just it's a handful of plays, but those handful of plays have really hurt this football team. Well, and, and that's the thing I said on Monday. To me, that left-handed pass, on top of all the inaccuracies, forfeits your right to play. And and there's probably I, I don't know if Daggy's better. But maybe play day. I mean, you're not making the playoffs at this point, pretty much already. Um, if you if you give Daggy five or six starts in a row, who knows? Maybe by Labor Day, he looks like an actual starting quarterback. I don't know. That was well. That's... There's also there's also the uh, we don't want to look foolish because we gave this man a commitment and a and guaranteed money in year two, even though you look silly playing him. You know what I mean? You're they're, they're in a rock and a hard place here. Well, right, and I and, that, and Dave is not saying that to make anybody feel better, folks. <laughs> he's just pointing out why maybe one of the reasons he's still playing. All right, mm-hmm. well, Dave, uh, we'll see. It starts zero zero tomorrow, so you never know where it's going to go from there. Have a great broadcast, man. We'll be in touch. By the way, that's a big freaking mosquito outside my window. By the way, it looks like a <laughs> looks like a big pterodactyl right now. I can hear the wings flapping. <laughs> All right, thanks, Dave. I gotta run. <laughs> that, is, that is Steve Campbell from the mosquito capital of the world, Winnipeg, Manitoba. So a uh, good breakdown from Dave on Cornelius, why he's playing. Maybe the contract and the commitment plays into it. And uh, we'll see what Cornelius can do against the Bombers tomorrow. We're going to call a quick timeout, 780-496-0063. If you would like to get in touch, it's Inside Sports on Chet. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Laddie Schmid and Alex Tagliani set to join us in the next hour of the show. 780-496-0063. Kellen, hit me with a couple of messages quick here, buddy. I've got a couple of quick ones from a couple of Richards here. We'll go to, well, I guess the latest one from the latest Richard that came in that said, I think the Bombers have looked sloppy most of the season so far. The problem is no one plays sloppier than the Elks. 
Yes, well, that's certainly a theme. A lot of huge errors committed by the Elks. That doesn't uh, doesn't help. Mm-hmm. And the other Richard says, why does Ed- the uh, Edmonton football team seemingly always run on first and 10? That almost never works, and it leaves the defense with an easy defense of a second and 10 play. Why not throw at least 50% of the time on first and 10? I- I'm not sure what the, the split is running and passing on first down. I'm sure I, we could find that somewhere in the stats. Well, maybe we couldn't. The CFL stats haven't been good this year. I, I think uh, a big problem is that the Elks haven't run effectively on first down. I mean, Kevin Brown has not had a great season. Shannon Brooks has run a little bit, but I, I, when they do run, uh, I, I mean, you can run on first down. you got to get at least four yards and put yourself in a better situation on second down. They usually don't get those four yards when they do run the ball. 